Okay, everyone, it's uh, time for Aussie Tech. It's episode 513, 8th of December 2016. And boy, has it been hot up here in Queensland. Storms just about every other day, so it's uh, been pretty hot and muggy. So thankfully, uh, everyone's got... Well, I have. I've got solar panels, so I've got aircon through the day. Winning. All right, good stuff. Now, look, uh, yes, what, 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 what am I up to? Okay, Aussie Tech Radio. Tune into that. Tune in radio app, cross-platform. Get the wall-to-wall tech, radio, tech podcast from Australia and New Zealand. Facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. YouTube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. And if you want to uh, send us a message on the Twitter, just a hashtag OzTechEds. I just made that one up here. We'll, we'll go for that one. Uh, also, follow us at Aussie Tech Eds or at well, me, at Glenn Goodman. Okay, don't forget the other podcasts, Aussie Max Zone, Old Fart Geeks, Aussie Tech Security, and Obsidian Loft. And I've got something to talk to you about Obsidian Loft, but first, we'll introduce Jason, because well, that's the person I want to talk to about. Hey, Jason. Hi, everybody. How you going? Good, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Plugging away, as normal, in the heat. Is it, is it getting hot Central Coast area? Mid-North Coast. Mid-North Coast. Man, you could cut the air with a knife. <laughs> I, I went to the gym a couple of times this week. Oh, and dear. Um, come out of the air-conditioned gym into my air-conditioned car and then hop out of the car and my glasses fog up instantly and I have to take them off because I can't see where to walk anymore. <laughs> oh, look. So much. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, no, it is bad because I do, I do probably something similar and like you, you're fair thing, you can just take your shirt off and you wring it out. And yep, it's just, yep, yep. you can ring, actually Mon- ring it Monday out. Monday night, um, my girlfriend ended up coming to sleep. I'm staying at my dad's at the moment, but um, my girlfriend ended up coming and sleeping over because the power went out in her house. Oh, dear. How come? And, um, just not just overload. Just out due to the storms that we've been oh, having. Yeah. And then two nights ago, um, same thing happened here. So I went over to her place because <laughs> it seems that the town I'm in, Half of it's on one grid and half's mm. on another. And if this one goes down, that one's still up and vice versa. So yeah, we well, live on either side of it. So it can just one go here or go there. pretty good. That's they won't be working soon now that I'm uh, working on buying a house that's over this side. So yeah, right. we'll be living in the same place and we won't be able to do that. Get your candles. How, how long did the power go out for when it did go out? Um, must have gone out about um, six and came on before midnight. Oh, that's no good. But man, the the thunder clapping and the lightning and stuff. Mm. I went and um, videoed five minutes of it and put it on Facebook on the local town Facebook group, and everyone's like, "Wow, that's nuts!" Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good show up here on the Gold Coast as well. It was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And yeah, that poor guy at Mount Warning he was just out oh. camping, and, yeah. and his girlfriend had to stay with him till the rescuers came, and he was dead. Mm, yeah, that's tough. That's real tough. But uh, look, old fa- uh, what am I talking about? Obsidian Loft. Now, you were t- talking to me b- before the show. We are just having a bit of a chinwag. And you- you're one of the last Minecraft podcasts around. Yeah. 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 I'd mentioned um, on the last show that uh, I'd looked through iTunes and I've also got uh, podcast apps on my um, Android phone. And the there doesn't seem to be any other Minecraft podcasts that are still running. There's uh, the top ones have all um, stopped recording either six months ago or about 12 months ago, and ours are still going. And um, I brought up a new server that uh, we've been running a thing called Feed the Beast, which is a highly technical server. You have to download a special launcher and stuff to get it to go. Uh, and you learn like a million more new, complicated and fun and interesting things that you can do. But um, I brought up this other standard Minecraft one with a few plugins to do some funky things. And um, everyone that, uh, you know, me, Will, 
my girlfriend, her kids, and uh, a couple others uh, just kept on playing that one instead of the the modded one. So I was like, oh, well, I'll shut down the modded one and give all the because I've got a VPS. And I, I had two of them running at the same time, and so they're fighting for CPU and RAM and stuff. So I shut down the modded one, just gave all the RAM and CPU to the um, mostly vanilla one. Right. And um, yeah, everyone's coming to join, and we said, "Oh, come, come join us!" And uh, gave the address for the service so people could come in. And we've had a couple of guys come in, and they're like, oh, "Hi, I um, heard on your latest podcast that you got this new service. Would I come check it out?" Uh, we really love to listen to you, and you seem to be the only podcast that's still running. So we subscribe to there, and uh, these are two separate guys who I don't think they knew each other. They just both happened to listen to the podcast. They're like, "Oh yeah, we listen to the audio version." Yeah, I was like, "This is going to be a bit difficult when when you're showing." Oh, here's a here's a new shocker chest box that released in version one eleven. And uh, this special chest, if you click, oh, look at this, you can have all different colors. And it's sort of closed like this. And when you click on it, it opens up and spins around. Oh, nice. And then does the, it looks really cool. But to explain that to somebody who's only listening on audio, it's mm, a bit hard. Cool. So, but um, yeah, we do have a video version, but some people didn't even know that we had a video one. So we're going to have to promote that during the show. But um, yeah, they're like, oh, this is great. You know, I, I go to work. And um, I'm sitting there in the office working on the computers and I just have my headphones on and I'm listening to your show. And, um, yeah, we really enjoy listening to the show and That's hearing good. you talk about things. And the pro- other thing is we do a, a server tour, so we might go around our server and show people what we've been working on. But they're like, um, yeah, we can't really see what it is that you're talking about. But it's still interesting just to have something to listen to and people talking about Minecraft still. So yeah, that's good. What happened? Up being the number one um, podcast <laughs> because nobody else is doing it anymore. So what happened to that guy that was doing it over with the twit with the orange hair? Yeah, he does a show, but his are like five to fifteen minutes, just quickies to show you a few things every now and then. It's not really. As involved with news, we show you latest updates and we um, talk about anything new that's happening and what oh, things yeah. people need to look out for. We recently had a video on there that um, they are talking, talking about playing Minecraft with Oculus, Oculus Rift. Rift. Right. Yes. And um, because Microsoft own uh, both shares in Oculus Rift, I think, and they own Minecraft now. now so mm. we're talking about how in Minecraft they had to make it so when you turn your head, the graphics actually move in steps of 25 degrees because if you do it smoothly, people would get nausea and couldn't play it. Oh, if they move it a bit and a bit and a bit, then your brain can keep up with it and you don't get that problem. So all these interesting things and how to make things and uh, you know, the latest things that people are talking about. So, yeah, people really seem to enjoy it. Oh, that's awesome. So, so I don't think if you're into uh, Obsidian Loft Audio, there might be a better version <laughs> on video. Now, if you can get the website, you've got a website, obsidianloft.com. Yep. The so, only problem with the video version is you see us. So, <laughs> oh, every now and then. It's mostly gameplay. Please yeah. let it be mostly gameplay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's good. Uh, and I, was, I, was gonna, I was just gonna. I just played some stuff on the on the screen for our YouTube viewers as well. And thankfully, it's one of the one of the few YouTubes that I can play that I don't have to deal with a takedown. <laughs> so, no takedown this week. Oh, we'll see. We might have another one coming up. I'll, I'll make sure Will doesn't get. Have you, you taken, taken down? down? Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks. You know what he's like. 
Oh, no, he's trigger happy, Will. <laughs> now, look, hopefully Will will be back soon. He's uh, working hard. It's coming up to Christmas, probably a lot of flat batteries around. So good on you, Will. Hello. And uh, don't work oh, too hard. I had that happen one time years, years ago. ago um, I, just I just started, started getting into geocaching. geocaching. And, and so, so I got, got a little portable GPS, GPS and, and I'm like, like I said to my um, wife at the time, I was married to, um, we just go across Sydney Harbour Bridge, there's one across the other side there. Yeah, it's all right, because I picked her up from in the city after work. So we drove over there, parked the car, and she just stayed in there with the sun and went looking all over the place. I was like, no, I think it might be on the other side. So we won't worry about that. So I hopped back in the car, turned the key. Open circuit, dead battery. Oh, yeah. Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, like, surprisingly, uh, I suppose you could say surprisingly or coincidentally or whatever, uh, we had one, a flat battery the other day. And I was yep. talking to Will while I was waiting for the RACQ man, going, damn, batteries only last two years or something. And yep. Will telling me, yeah, obviously they sell cheap ones. But, yeah, I, I ordered the RACQ through the app, and I, I followed the little serviceman as he came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, that's nice. It was only, only um, I think two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago, my girlfriend's battery went open circuits and she was like, oh, I'm just about to take my daughter to the doctor. So I, I'm, I work from home, so I said to the other guy on my team, I've got to go take my daughter's, uh, my girlfriend's daughter and her to the doctor and then go back and look at the car. And it looked a bit... Um, you know, corroded around the terminal, so mm. I cleaned the lead up, tried to start, still wouldn't work, so I ended up calling in uh, NRMA, and they came probably within uh, half an hour, and oh, yeah, yeah, your battery's, battery's dead, so I've got to yeah. another one of those, put it in there, there so he's got to go again. Just how expensive are they these days? Like, this thing cost me 200 I remember when yeah. I first had my first car, my first yeah. little Ford, I, think I bought them down, the, down at Kmart for like 70 bucks or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> now they're 200 and yep. they, they last less. Anyway, anyway, uh, as you can probably tell, there's not too much news stories around this week. But, uh, we're gonna no, have, really? <laughs> we're going to have a bit of a banter. Look, we, we have got uh, some stories, so they're pretty interesting anyway, so we'll get to those in a second. Uh, look, and, and over the Christmas break, it's pretty, you know, free and easy. If anyone wants to come on, have a chat with us, like uh, co-host a show with us or whatever. Do you need to do just bring a couple of stories, hopefully. Uh, get, you must have an external mic. Get on some Skype or something like that, or we've got another platform now. We're using Zoom. A camera and some good internet. So if you want to, uh, just email me, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au, and, uh, yeah, we can try and slot you in. Now, we have we, an email. We haven't let people come on who don't, don't have any in Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Look, I think, well, I've had... I've had people on with dial-up, I think. That oh. way? No, I don't know. I don't know about dial-up. That might be, <laughs> might be stretching it. But poor Garth. You you, you guys remember Garth. He does the Aussie Max Zone over there. He's only got ADSL 1. I don't know how yeah. he puts up with it all. It's crazy. Crazy. Just kill yourself. That's it. It's, it's not, not worth it. it. Oh, it's not worth it at all. Just, yeah, put yourself out of your misery. <laughs> but <laughs> look, uh, speaking of Western Australia, like we weren't, but we uh, Lindsay sent me an email. He has... Uh, Oh dear Glenn, thanks again for the show. I've heard you say previously that you are on cable. No MBN yet. Correct. No MBN yet. I'm doing the Telstra two step. Hmm. So I wish I had like a, a soundboard, you know, when I when I when you go Telstra two step, I should be able to play some music like the boom 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 yep. boom 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 boom. <laughs> so he's got the I'm I'm doing the Telstra two step at present and can't get a straight answer. Well, that's no surprise. Uh they say I have access to cable where we are moving to, but there are no cable outlets in the house. 
do you know whether Telstra does the run to the house or do I get a subby in for that? Any ideas what it would cost? Uh, as I say, Telstra staff are saying something different. Any input would be appreciated. Okay, so I guess, uh, yeah, Telstra will run it from the pit into the house. It might cost you a little bit of a installation fee, but you, maybe you could, you could, you know, barter with them, I suppose, uh, at the time and yeah, and say, well, I'll go to II Net, you bastards. <laughs> so you could try that on. I don't know how you like, go. So good luck. Yeah, that's right. But look, you can check the Telstra database. I think just navigate to the bigpond.com website, uh, home broadband. There's a spot where you can type in your address and you can check whether or not your, your, your house is up and running. It'll tell you. It'll either say, congratulations, you can get cable broadband or congratulations, you can have ADSL. Woo. Um, so, yeah, outlets in the house. Look, if you've got a Foxtel outlet, you know, you want to look for one of those little uh, aerial type of outlets, but they got the, they stick out from the wall with the screw with the thread on it. So that's probably a pretty good sign that you might have an outlet there. Or a little grey box on the side of the house is a little Telstra uh, Big Pond slash Foxtel box. Um, but cost-wise, don't know. I think if you've got the outlet, it might cost you 80 bucks. If you don't have the outlet, could cost you a couple of hundred bucks. So, uh, look, in my last place, I didn't have the outlet, and he had to pull it across the road. So he somehow fed it under the, obviously under the road, and then back up into the house through existing telephone uh, conduits. And look, I think they might have done that for me for nothing. I think I might have had a bit of a barter, signed up for two years, all that, all that jazz. So yeah, look, just. Yeah, just do your best, but go to the Big Pond site. They'll have plans and all that sort of stuff. They do go what their standard install fees are and all that, and then just probably try and negotiate, especially you've got mobile phones and all that sort of stuff with them. Um, but that's about be it. Be nice to you install it too when, when we got... got um, when when back, back in the days, days when you could get Optus cable. <laughs> oh, God, we never got that. We, uh, we, uh, we had, had the Optus guy come in to install it, and he installed it, and we were like, man, man it's, it's really hot summer. summer. How would you like, like a beer? beer? He's, He's like, like, oh, yeah, yeah this, this is my last job, job so I finished it. So, yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind one, thing. So, we gave him beer. He's like, I tell you what, <laughs> you, you guys have um, purchased the uh, mono audio box for your um, cable TV. Let me just get you a stereo one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. There be you nice go. Pays to be nice. Look, there's the, the, t- the Telstra site there. Where's that at? Hang on, I'll get the web page for you in a second. Hang on. Oh, I don't know. See, cause I've got a small, I've got a small Firefox window, and I can't see the whole web page. <laughs> Even if I click in it, you'd think normally it would try and just. Well, I'm gonna have to double click. I'm gonna have to copy it. I'm gonna have to put it out into something else. Oh, well, you never remember that web page anyway. If you it's want to see three thousand what's available more. in your area, go to yourbroadband.com.au and type in the address and it'll tell you who supports there and all that. Alright, I don't think I've been there. Let's have a quick look at that place. And for those on the video, you'll be entertained. But those on audio, you'll just have to listen to it. Your, what is it? Yourbroadband.com.au Brand.com.au Seems to have changed since I was last there, and it's not working for me. So, <laughs> oh yeah, look, enter your address. Okay, let's try something like 
This one. Actually, a better one. Go to uh, it's um, adsl2exchanges.com.au and you can put in the address. It'll tell you if you've got MBN or ADSL2 or any of those. Oh, right. Well, that didn't work. The yield broadband seems to be crap at the moment. It doesn't work. No. That didn't work. I have to put Queensland in. Yeah, it's not working. Go to um, adsl2exchanges.com.au. Well, on the left good. there, you can see address look up for ADSL2 plus an MBN search. You put your address in there. Oh, yeah, drops down into the address. That's good. Now you're going to select a something sensible. Yep. All right, what have we got here? Oh, yeah, here we go. It shows your coverage, and if you scroll down, it's got address NBN enabled, yes or no, and then equipment providers and a list of who can hook you up. Oh, yeah, so it should have cable there somewhere, or is it just ADSL2 orientated? Probably yeah, just NBN, I think, yeah. Available soon, ADSL plans. It's only ADSL. That's a, not a bad little site, though. Yeah. So between that and the uh, Telstra site, we'll be and You can also see how far you are from the exchange and stuff like that, so it's helpful. Yeah, nice. Good stuff. All right, well, look, we better uh, get into some sort of stories, some sort of format, I suppose. Yeah. Um, look, the first one I had in my list was Fitbit, but I know, Jace, you, you're, the, you're the, yeah. the pebble dude. So take it away. Smart Smartwatch Pioneer Pebble confirms it will shut down until its intellectual property to Fitbit. Pebble Technology, one of the first companies. See the watch. See the watch. Still loving it. One of the first companies to manufacture smartwatches said it will shut down and sell its software and intellectual property to Fitbit, which also plans to hire some of Pebble's key personnel. Due to various factors, Pebble is no longer able to operate as an independent entity, Pebble, co-found, uh, Pebble founder Eric Mikigowski said in a blog post. We've made a tough decision to shut down the company and no longer manufacture Pebble devices, which is mm. a shame because there was a new one slated to come out in January. Oh, so people have pre-purchased as well. Mijikovsky did not explain why Pebble could no longer operate independently and the company did not immediately respond to a request for comment. As part of the shutdown, Pebble will stop selling and promoting its line of smartwatches. Pebble watches already out in the world will continue to work as normal, but functionality or service quality may be reduced in the future. Those who helped fund the watch on crowdfunding platform Kickstarter have not yet received their back rewards. Perks given in exchange financial support are to receive full refunds. Good. The publicly traded fitness tracker firm confirmed it will snap up Pebble's key personnel and intellectual property, data software and firmware development, but the acquisition excludes hardware. The company wouldn't disclose the terms of the deal because the acquisition is not material to Fitbit's financials, Fitbit spokeswoman Paula Conhain said in an email. For many in the technology industry, Pebble's sale and shutdown seemed inevitable after major firms such as Apple and Google threw their hats into the smartwatch ring. Despite offering the first smartwatch that enabled users to receive phone notifications on their watch, send and receive tech messages from their wrists and change the digital watch faces using software, Pebble was dealt a blow when Google released Android Wear in 2014 and Apple launched the Apple Watch last year. Mm. Analysts noticed that, noted the company lacked the resources to compete with the likes of Apple and Google and that it failed to attract and keep a large enough audience. Pebble had first mover advantage, but when they lost, what they lost sight of was they needed to build a relevant ecosystem, said Patrick Moorhead, principal analyst at Moore Insights of Strategy. They did not, and they didn't add enough incremental value to overcome the lack of a robust ecosystem. 
The company helped put smartwatches on the tech radar in 2012 when it launched a Kickstarter campaign to fund the development of the first Pebble watch. The campaign raised more than $10 million in 30 days, making it one of the most successful Kickstarter fundraisers at the time. The company attracted a loyal following of early adopters, but it struggled to crack the mainstream market. They've also uh, has been reported, reportedly reported, <laughs> that uh, apparently a year ago, uh, about $700 million was offered for Pebble, mm. and they turned it down because they said, we're doing fine things. Well, and then um, a few months ago, they were offered $70 million, I think, from Mattel. And they said, no, we're fine. And now Fitbit is buying them for about $40 million, which covers nearly all of their debt. But oh, it's going to be yeah. a bit in debt. So, so as, a, as a Pebble owner, is this a, is this a good thing? Or yes. It is? I've, if you watch, have a look at my uh, Twitter posts and a bit on Facebook, I've been saying for ages, I, like, I had a... Uh, this is the original Pebble Classic watch, mm. and I also have the Fitbit Surge. But the Fitbit Surge, you can't change the watch faces very much. There's four very basic ones that are not terribly good, and you can only get uh, phone calls and text messages notifications sent to the Surge, whereas the Pebble one, you can get any notification from any app sent to the watch. And right. it comes up with a list of all your installed apps that can send notifications. You just tick the ones that you want to be able to send to your watch, leave the other ones unticked, and you can receive those. It's got um, built-in ability to have canned replies, up to about 10 canned replies. So you can put in yes, no, cool, ha-ha, hmm. I don't think so, I'm running late or something like that. And if yeah. somebody sends a message via uh, text, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, any of the messaging platforms, and you can, even while you're driving or something, you can just quickly press a couple of buttons and reply to them mm. and don't have to take your eyes off the road, which is great. Mm. Um, and I really would have liked to have the, I've been saying for ages, Fitbit should license out their software API to more players. There's a few players that, that, that people that can use it, but very few, to so that people could put the Fitbit API into their watch and then monitor when you're doing your exercises and you're walking and stuff. And I was like, I love the Fitbit, but it's not too, too great on the notification watch face. I love the Pebble, but it doesn't have the Fitbit integration where you can mm. challenge your friends. Yes. Things like that. So if those two could get can together, the world will make the ultimate watch for me. <laughs> so, because I think like as far as uh, what the, the wearable f watches sort of thing goes, uh, I think Fitbit would have the market for the fitness side yeah. of things. And, and the uh, thing is that the both the Fitbit and the Pebble can last about seven days on a charge, whereas all the all of the Apple and all of the Android ones, Apple can do one day if you're lucky. Mm. Uh, most of the Androids can do one to three days if you're really lucky and don't right. use it very much. Yeah. And I don't really want to charge my watch every single night. No. Although they're making it a lot easier with, um, I think the Apple one now has got, uh, QI charging so you can just place it on top of the platform and it'll charge that way mm. but um, new rumours that I've heard on tech podcasts recently that Apple is looking at a way of you've got Wi-Fi in your house which goes everywhere for your internet they want to have uh, charging everywhere through the air in your house so if you walk into your house your watch and your phone start charging immediately and you get close enough to where the device is you don't actually have to sit it on a platform or plug it into anything as soon as you walk in your house it's supposed to be able to start charging is yeah, right. rumored that apple might That's, be working on something like that but how, how i don't understand how that 
can work. All this wireless charging, like, what is it? Just like some sort of microwave where the the base excites the 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 watch. You know, oh, it gets very excited. <laughs> yes, it goes right off. Um, the current ones, like my um, LG um, phone. It has an induction loop in the back of it, and there's one also inside oh. the um, charger. So it passes electricity through the induction loop, and the other one mm. picks it up and charges up the battery that way. I see. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. There might be some excitement Yay. in the watch charging industry. The new uh, Fitbit Pebble. Hooray. Yay. Uh, now, YouTube, moving on to YouTube. Now, they're, they're, they're YouTube music, I don't know if anyone subscribes to youtube music i don't um yep. i don't know why nobody subscribes to <laughs> spotify i subscribe to but yes, um well i don't pay for it but i subscribe to it yeah but anyway um yeah youtube they've released some figures and they've paid to the music industry one billion dollars in royalties you have to put your finger up to your mouth. One billion oh, dollars. <laughs> One billion. Showing my girlfriend Austin Powers this week. What, well, she hasn't <laughs> seen it? Never seen it before. Oh, gee, even I've seen Austin Powers. I don't watch yeah. many movies. I've seen I've that one. I've watched three DVDs. It's great. <laughs> now, um, yeah, the industry's, music industry's not happy. They want more. Now, uh, they've, they've said that this, who's this? Robert, I don't know how do you say that, Robert somebody, Robert Kinkle. He's on, he's on a blog, and he said that YouTube had distributed one billion advertising royalties alone, arguing that free streaming wasn't important as subscription sites like Spotify. Um, in 2015, Spotify paid record labels two billion. So, in contrast, I suppose equivalent to an estimated eighteen dollars per user, with eight hundred million users worldwide. That's a lot of users. Yeah. So that's Spotify. YouTube is generating revenues of just over $1 per user. Well, I suppose you could see why they're a little bit upset. Yep. But still, it's not, they probably haven't got as the bigger listener base. So the industry has also pushed for the reforms to the safe harbor laws, which means YouTube and other similar sites cannot be penalized when you or I upload copyright material, including full albums, uh, provided they remove it on request. That's fair enough. I can't see that they can be... You, they can't be everywhere, can they, at any time? I know they've got their software and their algorithms to detect, you know, copyrighted material, but yep. I, I, look, I think at this safe harbour as it exists, I think if you get asked to take it down, they take it down, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, artists like Lady Gaga, Paul McCartney, Ed Sheeran, Coldplay and ABBA, ABBA's on, in on the deal too, have all written to the they US... still around somewhere? Yeah. Walking around with their cane and their little walkers. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Dancing queens. And uh they've all they've all written to th- young and sweet only seventy five. Only seventy five. I don't know how old are they? Was it did I read somewhere they're coming back? Doing a reunion or something? Well. They've been offered like a, a lot of money to do that over the years. But anyway, Sweet's well, coming back with that really nice trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Fox on the Run. Oh, yeah, what a great song. And artists, as I just said, artists like all those, plus ABBA, have all written to the US Cong- Congress asking for the law to be changed. So they must want it. So, yeah, so uh, as soon as you upload something, YouTube, what, can be liable? I don't know. That doesn't sound right. But anyway. Once they're squillion somehow. That's right. They've all got boxes to tick. 
deadlines to meet, profits to eclipse, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but speaking, while we're, while we're talking about online music streamers, uh, Apple Music, so in contrast to 800 million music users worldwide on the Spotify, that's a lot, is that right? In 2015, Spotify paid... Two billion, equivalent to eighteen dollars per user, with over eight hundred million users worldwide. YouTube generating just over a dollar. Yeah, okay. So anyway, moving on, moving over the road to Apple. Apple attracts twenty million subscribers in eighteen months. So the number of paid subscribers passes twenty million for the first time. And oh no, I get it. I'll, I'll put these two stories together, and we'll get the facts. We'll get the story straight. Yep. Okay, so 800 million users on YouTube. Now, the second story tells us that there's 20 million on Apple and 40 million on Spotify. There you go. So YouTube has got by far the biggest, by far the biggest audience. And it's probably not just YouTube music. It's probably just YouTube in general, I'd imagine. Yeah. 800 million. PewDiePie. He's, he's not happy. No. I, I read. Did you read that? Didn't read that one there. No. no, apparently he's saying that uh, his videos have dropped in popularity, and he's saying that YouTube have changed the the algorithms. Maybe people are just sick of him. Probably poor PewDie. <laughs> so <laughs> poor PewDiePie. Brofist. Right. Hey, he does a brofist. Brofist, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, that's his trademark thing. But that Apple Music. Have you ever used Apple Music? Nope. No, I have. Not even, not um, even my free trial. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Please sign up with us. You can have a free trial for a while. Please. I know it's just rubbish. Like, I got it for two years when I got the phone as well, and I just go to Spotify every time because the Apple Music is just not doesn't do it for me. I don't like the Spotify interface. Spotify started annoying me though. You've got a paid subscription? No, no. just a free. The ads make me want to. What on paid? Not not unpaid. They don't have ads unpaid no. on the free. But what? There's only two ads every thirty minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, I would like to think so. I had the other day. I was listening, and it's like, click here to watch this thirty second video, and then you can have thirty minutes of ad free. So it played the video, and then it played four ads in a row. Oh, excellent! I was like, what? And then they play the most obnoxious, annoying, loud, scratching, mm. booming advertisements, like. Download Spotify now. Get it now for you and your friends. <laughs> it's just like listening to the radio. Yeah, but they try and make it as obnoxious and mm. horrid as possible so that you go, right, I'll just give you the $12 a month. I'm sick and tired of this. Horror. I'll tell you else what annoys me is the... I went to tune in radio, so... Oh, tune in radio, yeah. Or uh, iHeartRadio. I did iHeartRadio for a while. Yeah, that's not too bad. Mm. Too, but the tune in radio, you can't select songs. You you just stream a station. Yeah, I just listen to the local radio station that I'm mm. going to start volunteering for again oh, yeah. in uh, January. Going to be doing a show with my girlfriend, and um, yeah, I go there, saw a couple of information nights and chatting to the people there, and they're like, "So, what do you know about radio?" I said, "Well, I worked here for two years, thirty years ago." They're like, "No way." <laughs> Oh, yes, we had records. Then you put them on the turntable. Oh, we had a squirt bottle that had diluted metho in there, and you squirt it on the record and then clean it, put the needle on, and listen in one ear as you wind the track back to the start. And then yeah. 
turn on the microphone and here's uh, Run DMC with Walk This Way. And play, turn off the microphone, get the next record ready. Yeah. Oh, you're loving it. So yeah, um, they're like, oh, we'd be glad to have you back. We're looking for some new uh, announcers. So, yeah, we'll put we'll quickly run you through the uh, training program because you won't have to do the full six weeks since you've already done it before and we'll get you onto a show as soon as possible. But we're not going to worry about it until next year because everyone's going to have holidays for mm. Christmas and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So next year we'll have you starting on a show again. So I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. I had a Spotify Spotify. What's the radio channel? What's the station? Two Bob. What is it? Two Bob. Two Bob. It's funny. Asking, broadcasting on a budget. Oh, all right. Here we go. Two Bob. Yep. And um, so, yeah, they're like, what shows have you done? I was like, well, what haven't I done? I used to live at the radio station when I was a teenager because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> so I did uh, Lunchbox Midday Show. Um, Schools Out, where they have kids from the local schools come in and present a show and play their favourite Britney Spears or what have you that kids are into these days, and they are rocking their role. And they, and um, Midnight to Dawn, I used to do with a friend of mine from school. So we'd turn up at like eleven o'clock at night and go through till six a.m. playing whatever we wanted to play. Right, fantastic. Uh, request show, all of those things. So yeah, it was really really good fun and they're like yeah come back and do a show so looking forward to that do uh the, so this is all volunteer radio yeah. so yeah. what's the list what's the listener base like is it obviously it's not going to be like huge but when you do a request show is there enough people ringing in to request yeah there was yeah at the right. time okay. i don't know about now <laughs> it's 30 years later but um, not long after I moved back home here, they had the um, 30 year anniversary meet up at the station. And so I turned up to that and um, got to, they had a live band playing there, one of the local bands, and had something to eat and drink and uh, chat to everybody there. It was really good. So yeah. they're like, So uh, what do you know? I was like, Well, I was here 30 years ago. So it's <laughs> a 30 year anniversary for me, too. <laughs> They go, yeah, we're not looking for an historian. <laughs> we'll give you a go. You go, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. When I left 30 years ago, I'll be right because I know CDs were just coming in back then. And they oh, go, not, not oh. while I was there. There was no CDs. They're all CDs now and um, all the equipment is run through a computer with the you got to all the promos and stuff for MP3s. You just click a button and play it. Back then we had big reel-to-reel machines oh that you God. had to line up and press play and little carts to plug your cartridge in. It's oh like, dear. hello, we're a local um, pet bun and we support 2Bob Radio and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, right. Exciting. It's yeah. Exciting. Good stuff. Uh, all right. What's, a, what's something else that you've seen through the week? Ah, Amazon has revealed it'll open a brick-and-mortar grocery store called Amazon Go, an ambitious bid by the once online-only retailer to gobble up more of America's shopping dollars by taking the fight more directly to traditional supermarkets. The store will be powered by a web of technology that allows customers to fill up their shopping bags and walk out without going through a checkout process. The concept has long been discussed in the retail industry, but has not been implemented in any major U.S. stores. The idea is that it'll shave time off the shopping experience. Here's how Amazon Go will work. Customers download an app and then swipe their smartphones as they walk through the store's entrance. Then they just start picking up groceries. In a process the company does not describe, except to say it involves such capabilities as computer vision, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Every time the shoppers tuck into their bags or carts is tracked on the phone. If an item is put back on the shelf, it's deleted. 
As the shoppers exit, their total bill is calculated. A digital receipt appears on their phone and in their Amazon account is charged. The store is set to open in Seattle, Amazon's hometown, in early 2017, and its arrival could end up posing some critical questions for the wider retail industry. For starters, Amazon Go will probably need fewer workers than traditional stores that rely on cashiers and clerks. If shoppers respond favorably to this low-touch customer service model, it might end up encouraging other chains to give similar setups a try and save labor costs. Mm. If Amazon Go is successful and expanded widely, it could put serious competitive pressure on a wide range of retailers. At just 1,800 square feet, Amazon Go looks to be targeting so-called fill-in trips, the kind of quick errand a shopper does when she just needs a couple of items. In recent years, drugstores and convenience stores have proved to be potent competitors to supermarkets for these kind of shopping trips. And then there's the fact that the company is promising it will sell prepared foods made by on-site chefs, meaning it will be fighting for the same breakfast, lunch and dinner spending that fast casual and takeaway restaurants currently buy for. Amazon Go also plans to sell prepackaged meal kits that contain ingredients to make a home-cooked dinner for two. Wow. But what would happen, so what happens though, you, you, you fill your shopping cart up and then you don't have enough money in your phone or PayPal or whatever. Well, big alarms must go off. And then, then... Well, like, they've got your name, address, phone number. Send the boys around with the couple <laughs> the baseball of baseball bat. bats. <laughs> Where's our money? We want our food back. We're going to break your thumbs. That's what we're going to do, son. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so look, look, that's pretty good. Do you think... I suppose initially, and this is the thing, this is the problem with this technology, isn't it? Like, and you've probably seen it. So, it, case in an example would be ATM machines. Well, ATMs. So, you know, you go, the, when the banks bought them out, ah, oh, it's free, it's this, it's, you know, no fees, it saves us money, blah, blah, blah. So, yep. anyway, it was all free. And then as they, you know, everyone got used to it, they weaned us off the, the tellers and we're on to the ATMs. Oh, we're going to start charging now. Yep. So I wonder if this will uh, cheap prices to start with, but they'll eventually go up. Except, I except my bank. What doesn't charge? You go to. Oh, they don't have an actual um, branch anywhere. So if you go to any bank and you withdraw twenty bucks, and it goes, "Oh, we're going to charge you three dollars to do this," that's you right. go, "Yes, please." And then my bank goes and puts the three dollars back in your account when you're finished. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now you're uh, waiting for the web page to come up, but I think from my memory, you're. That's Ing. Yep. Isn't it? And their That's site's fault. He got me onto that one. Their site's down. Refer a friend and you get 75 bucks. Right. That's all right. Ingdirect.com.au. There it is. Yeah, finally come up. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, how do you go with. Okay, right. Well, you don't. I suppose if you want the money, so you can access it straight away through the ATM. Yep. Yeah, because previously when I was with Ing, like a while ago now, I had to transfer it from them to my bank before I could get it. Ah, oh, no, no. But that's not... That's... Take it straight out. Right. Oh, good. Just got a PayWave um, debit card, and um, if you refer a friend, you both get 75 bucks. Right. And, um, yeah, everything's online, really easy to use, so... Yeah, right. Quite liking it. Mm, excellent. Get my home loan through there. Oh, right. Yeah, good stuff. Good. Now, the Apple iPhone 7, we all know, has come out without a headphone jack. Everyone's gone up in arms and Eric has lost the plot over it. He's not buying an iPhone and, you know, blah, blah. But the world's going to end. Well, I'll have you know, there's rumours that the Galaxy S8 is going down the same path. Dun, dun, dun. 
Now, it's planning to get rid of the 3.5mm headphone jack as well. Uh, it's planning to release this Galaxy S8 next year. Is anyone going to buy it? After the last problem After the with the last, last one. Notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, know? you know, by the time that comes out, it'll probably be winter, so you'll need a bit of a fire in the house to keep warm. So That's keep right. Galaxy Note 7 and just turn <laughs> it on and stick it in the fireplace. But look, I've got a little picture here of, uh, say, what... This could just be a mock-up, but I know from talking to you guys, Will or whoever, that the, the Samsungs are coming out with the curved screen, like so, and it wraps around the side of the phone. Yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Edge is already out. Yeah, like I, I saw this photo and I thought that does look cool, doesn't it? Like it just and, looks uh, nice. When, when messages or other notifications come in, they can just scroll along that while it's on the table, so you can mm. just see it from the from the edge of the screen. But I think the problem was that you that were saying that 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 side of it is always it's also touch sensitive. So yeah, your fingers wrap around and touch it if you not got dainty little ones. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it depends on the app because um, they have a special SDK to program against to be able to display stuff on there. So if the right. people haven't uh, programmed their app to support it, then it just doesn't work. So Samsung's planning to offer a USB Type C port in its handset. That it's going to accommodate the headphones, so everyone relax. I think yeah. I don't personally. I can't see much of an issue changing from a three point five millimeter connection to a USB Type Port C connection. I don't think that's a big everyone drama. Just complain about the headphones they already got, but every, mm. they're probably the same as everybody. They'll throw in a set of headphones. Every phone comes with them. Yeah, and I mean, like that's okay because like the cheap ones will start coming out, and then in two years or even a year, no one's going to have three and a half mil headphones. No. It'll just be all USB-C, which is probably the the, the natural way to go moving forward. Like, yeah. why was... USB 1, 2, and 3 will go away because USB-C's got speed, plus you can use it to charge things mm. like a laptop battery and phone, and then you can use it for output for going to screens and things. So and, you can yeah. use, and you can put it in any way, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I know like, with the USBs now, you, you sit there, you, know, you lean over to the back of the computer, you go click, 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 trying to get this thing in. Can't yep. get it in, you turn it around, you still can't get it in. So you think, right, bugger it, you've got to stand up and you've got to go, yeah. right, go and look at, the, look at the exact hole and put it in. And then it's up the wrong so way. You, you try, even if you got it on the side, you put it in, doesn't work that way, turn it upside down, doesn't work that mm. way, go back to the first one and it works. <laughs> like, what did you Crazy, like, crazy. Did, uh, it's like the little the little uh, port is just morphing just to annoy you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, according to a rumour, Samsung is removing the port to make room for stereo speakers. Oh, really? Is that a necessity for it? But also a bigger battery. So, now that's pretty good. Um, Samsung at all also wouldn't allow users... Samsung also wouldn't allow users to charge their devices and listen to music on the handset at the same time. It's unclear whether the company's smartphone will ship with an adapter, like the 7, iPhone 7. So it sounds like this thing might be released, or unveiled at least, in February or April next year. You can listen through Bluetooth headphones while it's charging anyway, so get Bluetooth one. True. But then is that another set of headphones you're going to get, or you just settle with Bluetooth headphones to not deal with that issue? Yep. Hmm. I think so. All right. Uh, yeah. What else have you got, Jace? Anything else? 
Buried in recent support updates on iPhone 6S shutdowns was the news that the problem might be more widespread than we thought. First, some background. Back in November, a consumer protection group in China asked Apple to investigate problems with random shutdowns affecting the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6S. After looking into it, Apple said it determined that a very small number of iPhone 6S <laughs> devices may unexpectedly shut down. This was supposed to be just a small number of phones made in September and October of 2015. The company said that customers with the issue could bring their phones into Apple stores for a battery replacement. And then the company offered more details about the problem, claiming the batteries used in the faulty phones had been exposed to controlled ambient air longer than they should have been, which resulted in the batteries dying faster. That's weird, but we'll go with it. Well, it turns out a lot of users who don't have batteries from those batches are experiencing shutdowns too. Apple won't replace those batteries for you unless you have Apple Care Plus, but the company does say it's looking into the issue. Hidden away after statements about controlled ambient air is this takeaway. A small number of customers outside of the affected range have also reported an unexpected shutdown. Some of these shutdowns can occur under normal conditions in order for the iPhone to protect its electronics. Gather more information. We're including additional diagnostic capability in an iOS software update, which will be available next week. This will allow us to gather information over the coming weeks, which may potentially help us improve the algorithms used to manage battery performance and shutdown. If such improvements can be made, then they'll be delivered in future software updates. In other words, in the next iOS 10 update, we'll include some diagnostic stuff to help determine why the success phones are dying. If Apple can come up with software solution, it will issue an upgrade. I was what? listening to yeah. podcast this week and... Um, they were saying that uh, when the iPhone 6S battery on his phone gets to 40%, it turns off. So Happy days. Charge it every time it gets to 50%, start charging it again, because as soon as it hits 40, it could be in the middle of a phone call or anything and just gone. That was happening. That happened to me a couple of times. I think it got down to about 30 yeah, and then it would all of a sudden just clunk off and you think, you know, bugger it. So you plug it back in and it come pop back up straight away at like 60%. Where, you, yeah. <laughs> where where it was, where you think it should have been. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, look, I took it to Apple. They replaced it. But apparently uh, there's they've Apple's acknowledged this issue and they've said Apple confirmed on its official website in China. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm just reading this web page here now. Uh, but they're going to put a link uh, on, the, on their... Simply get, go to the Apple's official website, select your country, enter your iPhone 6S serial number, and then press submit. I doubt whether this is on the home page, but... You what if sure you now live in a country town like I do and there's no Apple stores for five hours drive away? <laughs> yeah, well, would they... Yeah, I don't know. I suppose they'd have to do something, wouldn't they? I think there might be one in Newcastle, which is one and a half hours, but it's a long way to go to get your phone fixed. Mm. But like the thing that I question about this, and not not knowing anything about production of phones, but you know they say, oh, this has affected a small number of phones. Uh, but aren't aren't the iPhones manufactured so tightly and so precisely that everything's and that they pride themselves on using exactly the same parts like everything. throughout. Yep. How can a small amount of iPhones be affected? Like, and who's going to be, um, besides Apple, who's going to be measuring how many people are complaining? Well, we yeah. don't know how many no. is happening. They could be 90%, but just if they just say, oh, yeah, mm. it's, it's just like totally a few people, and I don't even know why you're bothering with yeah, and, about it. 
Yeah, so flat batteries lead to smashed phones. So there's 10% of people out there who have smashed their phone and moved on. Frustration. <laughs> That's right. So they've gone they down. They got a Samsung. No, wait. Uh, Google Pixel. They're pretty cool. Everyone yeah, I've those. heard. Yeah. So, so they've, those phones have gone down in the old uh, smashed phone column yep. rather than the uh, dead battery column. I like to get a um, Pixel just so you can get the Daydream VR and try out the 3D stuff. That'd be cool. Hmm. I want to do I want to do the 3D stuff, but those 3D things are like eight hundred dollars for the cheapest one. Mm. And you need a really beefy computer to run them on. Yeah, have you like have you demoed them or anything like that? Uh, I had a look at uh, Samsung's store a couple of years ago. They had one of the ones where you put the phone in there and you um, strap it to your head and you look around and stuff like that. But I wanted one that you could plug into the computer rather than just a little phone in there. Yeah, yeah, the phone, I think it's like watching a TV up close. Like you can yeah. see all the... the, the... I see um, J-Car got, a, I think, a $15 VR phone holder one that you can try out. Um, but I still prefer to, you know, have it plugged in the actual computer and maybe play Minecraft in 3D. And yeah, I think I should. Didn't I show you this last week? I got the, the Google ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your... They do all right. Yeah, you slip your... You open it up, slip your phone in there, close yep. that up. Like that's all made of cardboard. Had to put it all together. It came flat packed, and then uh, yeah, you look through the little paper holes there, and bang, magnified iPhone screen straight into your retina. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> now, how, how well do your glasses fit in there? <laughs> yeah, not very. No. Uh, yeah, you need stronger ones by the time you leave them alone. Now, um. Look, here's, an, here's another one here. Now, I picked this one up because I know uh, my next-door neighbour's got these Sonos speakers. Hi, Ian, if you're listening. Now, now I've been talking to him. He's, he plays his, his iTunes catalogue and all this sort of stuff. And I've I been speaking to him. I said, why don't you get Spotify? Much more, you know, music array and all this sort of yeah. stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't realise because, you know, these Sonos speakers, I don't know if you've ever heard them, but they are brilliant. Like, yeah, they're supposed to be uh, Spotify compatible too. They are now. Yes, they never used to be apparently. And I, this this only came up today. Uh, Spotify users can now use uh, the Spotify services app to control Sonos speakers in the home. So previously, you had to have the Sonos app. That was the only thing that controlled it. But now the Spotify can do it, which is good. So the Spotify Connect, it's been in public beta for the past month. Uh, it allows Spotify premium subscribers, that's the rub, premium subscribers, to stream music from tablet or phone to the Sonos Wi-Fi compatible speaker on the network. So Spotify said uh, the feature also lets users control the speaker volume, skip forward and backward in the track list and create groups of speakers from within Spotify. Now these speakers, look... Well, I had a look. I don't, I don't have a picture of those. I had a look at these because uh, look, I can you know I I, hear, I heard <laughs> I heard these speakers. Hi ho, hi ho. They they are so clear, and so yeah. I thought oh, I wouldn't mind getting a couple of these, but yeah. they're, they're like eight hundred each. <laughs> uh. So, but you can get them. I looked on eBay or whatever. There's some around five thirty nine. Oh, that's not the one I was after. This big one here, six seventy five. Wow. Yeah, like, look at that little baby. But I tell you what, they are so dead set, so clear. I still want one. I still want one. Um, yeah, so anyway. Tell so the these... missus if she doesn't know what to get you for Christmas. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'll, it'll be on my credit like, card oh, anyway. Yeah, good. Just give me $1,000. Thanks, hon. I'll go shopping. <laughs> you might even get speakers if you're lucky. <laughs> That's right. Sonus is the latest service to enable streaming proprietor connection protocol. After the Google Cast support was added in 2015, Google Cast and Sonos speakers can be grouped amongst themselves. They can't be grouped together. Now, in August, Sonos announced at a press conference that it would also feature later this year the compatibility with Amazon's Alexia, which I've never really gone into. But Sonos has said in August that a similar partnership with Pandora is also in the works. But uh, there's no mention of when that's going to arrive. But now, at least it's got the Spotify on board. You've got to pay for the Spotify, though, which is a pain in yeah. the bum. But anyway, that's how Speaking it works. Of that Alexa, there's a lot of devices coming out now. They've got the Amazon Echo, the Amazon Dot, both got Alexa on it. They've got the uh, Google Home, which is basically the same sort of thing. And now Microsoft's going to bring out one with Cortana on it. So you're going to have all these devices around the house that you can talk to and mm. say, hey, insert keyword here. What's the temperature like today and who's going to be the next president of the United States and all that sort of stuff. You you watch Mr. Robot in season two. There's a lady who's got a Alexa and she talks to it because she's at home and she's a really lonely person. Yeah, right. That'd be an interesting but, conversation. Uh, when When's the world going to end? <laughs> I've seen questions like this because she's a bit depressed. When am I going to die? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there, there was a funny uh, video I was watching this week and um, there's a guy who's got a Google Home and an Amazon Echo and he put a um, an entry in a calendar on Google Home 6.30 at night and also one on the Alexa in a different calendar. And he says, hey, hey Google, what's in my calendar for tonight? Hmm. And Google says, oh, you only have one entry in the calendar tonight at 6.30 and the entry is... Hey Alexa, what's in my calendar tonight? And then the, the Amazon Echo starts up. Oh, um, you've only got one entry. It's at six thirty tonight, and it says, "Hey Google, what's in my calendar for tonight?" And they just talk back and forth between each other. <laughs> that's, that's quite funny, isn't it? Um, but look, that's not the only video you've been watching this week. Yep, is it? See, I know everything. Tell us, tell us about old mate with his three G problems. Oh, yeah, there's a guy down the central coast, which is where I went um, for my work Christmas party a few weeks ago. It's about three and a half hours drive south. And um, he has the NVN, but it's so bad that it cuts out all the time. So when he wants the family to be able to receive internet, he's got a little um, little box that's got a cell receiver for telephone 3G and 4G. And it's also got Wi-Fi for his house. So he attaches it to this rope. <laughs> which is tied to the top of a 20-foot tree, and he pulls the device up the top of the tree, keeps it in, sealed in a little plastic bag so it doesn't get wet or anything. Of course. And then he gets a little bit of um, 3G Wi-Fi around the house, and everybody in the house can do some of their interneting while the NBN's down because it just keeps going <laughs> down so often. This is his only way of getting it to work. That's hilarious. What is going on there? Now, look, those on the video, you're obviously watching the video. It's on the it's on the uh, 7.30 Facebook page. You know, the ABC show, 7.30. 7.30 report, yeah. 7.30 report, yeah, it's on their Facebook page. Oh, mate, he's just, yeah, it's like he's raising a flag, but he's raising, he's raising the 3, 3G dongle. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, the other guy who's on my team in Australia, the company I work at, he has 
terrible, terrible problems with NBN. His ADSL kept on screwing up all of the time. Finally, they said, oh, you can get NBN. So you got it installed and now it's just doing just as bad. So He's, I said, oh, this is what you need. Just whack it up a tree nearby. He said, I haven't got any trees around. I said, well, maybe it's about time you planted one. <laughs> He's like, um, wait. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Why? What? What's going on with the MBN? Does yours drop out? Do you have issues? I have had issues, yeah. I, every now and then I need to reboot the uh, modem and see if it can get another good connection through or something like that. But um, currently I'm paying for 100 down, 40 up, and I probably get about 30, 40 down and about 40 up. So, Do they come to the party with a reduction in price? No, because if, if you if you get the um, I had the twelve one plan and I was getting maybe five one. Oh, then I went to twenty five five and I was getting maybe mm. uh, ten five and now I'm on hundred forty and I get maybe thirty or forty and forty up. Did you ever ring him up and put it to him? Like what's happening? Probably need to, but since I'll be moving house soon and the internet will be going back down to a slower speed because Dad doesn't need the speed because he doesn't do any podcasting or anything. <laughs> um, he, he doesn't really care just as long as he can get his Facebook and email and mm. words with friends. That's all he cares about, really. So mm. I've heard it's been a bit unstable, but I can, you can't understand why. Like, why? So is it just... No, no soldered wires falling to bits in mm. Telstra or anything like that it should just work Part, partly i think it's probably because of the really crappy cheap netcom modems that the isps supply you with and you want to get something else so right. when i move house and i'll get the internet nbn connected there i'll um throw out the net cheap netcom modem and put on my billion mm. router that i've had for it's a billion 7800n that i got ages ago which did adsl2 but it also had uh port for NBN, NBN. those NBN ready modems. So I'll try that out and hope it works. So there's a lot of people on the Whirlpool forum complaining about these netcom modems that the Wi-Fi doesn't reach hardly any distance in the house. And I had to move dad's one. I put it on a Cat 6 cable and dragged it around the lounge room and put it down closer to this end of the house because otherwise I wouldn't be doing this show. Is it uh, netcom or netgear? Netcom. Yeah, okay. Because I know Telstra pump out the Netgear modems, and I don't think they're any good either. I think they're just rubbish. No. They're just absolutely rubbish. Um, pay for a decent one, right? <laughs> or, well, yeah, but cable. So I've, I want to do something like Eric's done. He's uh, bought a, a, a nice, uh, probably more expensive, uh, like, router. Yep. And he's, he's just... Well, what you could possibly do is turn your cable modem, put it in bridging mode, and then plug uh, another modem into that and use that for your Wi-Fi and everything. I've tried to bridge it to another Netgear. Uh, I couldn't do no it. Good. <laughs> I spent a whole day trying to do it. Why doesn't this work? This should work. The only thing I could think of was that it was an it was another Netgear and it was an ADSL modem, yep. but still had the port, had the WAN, the WAN port in it or whatever you want to call it. So I've tried that. I've tried it in the normal port. I just couldn't get it to go. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I've got to... I'm, I just want to get away from that gear and try something else. But, yeah, one of these days. Uh, any more, Jace? 
Oh, it's Netflix's early adaption to innovation that has made it the world's leading streaming service. And in recent weeks, it's gone from strength to strength. Having recently made downloads available for offline playback, Netflix has taken things one step further with a new user interface to help subscribers make decisions. Mm. We're launching a new television user face that uses video more extensively to bring content alive in real time and helps members decide whether to click play, Netflix wrote on blog. Netflix said the new interface was introducing video previews into the TV browsing experience. Video previews aren't teasers or traditional trailers, wrote Netflix. They're specially designed video synopsis that help members make faster and more confident decisions by quickly highlighting the story, characters, and the tone of a title. In developing this experience, our testing showed that people watch more of a story. Demonstrating these previews help them browse less and watch more. The new interface will launch globally today before rolling out across eligible devices over the next few weeks. It will be available on Netflix-enabled devices, which include a majority of the game consoles and Roku devices, with smart TVs and others getting updated in the coming months. This is the streaming giant's latest effort to continually evolve the smart TV Netflix experience. Over the last decade, investments in how content is delivered globally, optimizing our streams for bandwidth-constrained environments, and the evolution of consumer tastes allow us to experiment with new ways to improve your experience, wrote Netflix. Hmm. And I'm not sure if we've mentioned on the show before, but Netflix have got a website called fast.com. And if you go there, it'll do a test with Netflix's servers on how fast your internet is, and you can test the speed that you're actually getting and whether you'll be able to watch any decent Netflix on there or not. Right. Oh, I know you can only see half of that. That's all I can show you. But <laughs> but what's this? This this must be your download speed. So yeah, twenty eight thirty four. Because nobody uploads to Netflix, so it's irrelevant. But um, mm. the download's good. So I wonder where this is coming from. Where where do I download from? The US, Amazon US, or probably. Somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm fifty seven meg down. Uh, compare on From speed. Netflix servers. Yep. Yeah, that's not too bad, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and look, this is probably my last little one for this week. Apple yeah. is in talks with studios to offer current cinema releases in home. Do you reckon this is going to happen? I don't know. Interesting. Mm, Bloomberg says Apple is applying a tremendous, unsurmountable pressure to Hollywood studios as if for, for early access to <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, in the US, a blockbuster film tends to have a theatre run of probably one or two months or more before coming to home video via you know the, the streaming or Blu-ray or your DVDs. The 21st Century Fox, Warner Brothers and Universal Pictures have all confirmed they are looking at high-priced rentals. Now, high-priced, we're looking at $25 to $50 each. So I suppose you... I don't know. You know, you work out, okay, you go to the cinema, what are you going to pay 10 bucks each? Or probably more, 15 bucks a, 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 a knob, 15 bucks a head. So to get 30 the... bucks for popcorn. Oh, that's right. Because it's special magic popcorn that gives you a high because it's got cocaine on it or something. I don't know. Why is popcorn so expensive? Yeah, it's special magic popcorn because the magic is you go home with no money. That's I went, the, I went the magic. to I tell you this. Last <laughs> Uh, earlier this year, I went to see a movie at the local cinema here, and they scooped pop count. They've got a popcorn warmer. It doesn't pop the corn. They actually have pre-popped bags of oh. cold popcorn that they tip into this warmer. Right. And um, it's got that horrible butter stuff on there that mm. doesn't help anything. And so um, I was like, oh, can I get popcorn and a drink? So I got popcorn and a drink. I start eating it. I'm like, 
this is cold. It's like they had it in a fridge or something. They were storing the bag oh. and they just tipped it in there recently and mm. they hadn't had time to warm up. So I went up and I was like, I, I can't eat this. This is cold popcorn. It tastes disgusting. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, hang on. I'll, um, and then the owner Microwave. comes over and the <laughs> yes. owner says to me, see up there on that sign, it says popcorn. It does not say hot popcorn. You cannot expect to get hot popcorn oh. because the sign only says popcorn. So you can't oh. complain to us that you're not getting And I was like, are you serious? Everybody wow. sells hot popcorn. Who wants to eat cold popcorn? And the lady's like, don't worry, sir. Don't worry. Just give it to me and, and I'll, I'll warm it up and I'll bring you out some hot popcorn while you're watching the show. So I just went and sat down and she's like, what row are you sitting in? So I went and sat down there. And then mm. after about 15 minutes, she came in with the thing of hot popcorn. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't think I'll be getting popcorn no. here ever again but, uh, because yeah. it's just warmed up pre-popcorn anyway. But that's Mr. Cranky Pants. Yeah, the owner is just hanging around there to stop people complaining about the crappy <laughs> products he's selling. Mr. Obnoxious Head. You, oh, can't, you can't sue me. It doesn't say hot popcorn. It says popcorn. Well, know, who expects popcorn to be hot? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's right. Yeah. Many customers these days demanding hot popcorn. What's the world coming to? Well, you could have said, "Is it? Does that go the same with ice cream?" Yeah, but it doesn't it say, say cold, cold ice cream, so it could be melted. It could be. It could be on a spoon. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, cinemas. So go, going by that experience, uh, yes, you probably would pay twenty five or fifty bucks on home, sit at home, yeah, watch it. I'll go to Coles and pay fifty cents for a bag of popcorn and just use a quarter of it. Yeah. And you can have the pleasure of it popping yourself, making the house smell nice, yeah. you know, and the little pop, pop, pops, scaring the dog, all this sort of yeah, stuff. And put in your own melted butter of proper stuff instead of the powdered crap that they stick on it. Mm. But like, but all in all, I don't know. I think going to the movies, which I really don't do that often, but you know, I, I go there when James Bond comes out, when certain Star Wars comes out, all that sort of stuff. But uh, I think going to the movies... Star Wars, 12th of December... Twelve oh one a.m. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that into Star Wars, but I'll, I'll still go and see it. Yeah. Not at twelve oh one a.m. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, we did that with the Blair Witch Project. Oh God, <laughs> that was terrible. One of my friends fell asleep because it was so boring for him, mm. and also uh, Phantom Menace episode one. Right. Oh yeah, Phantom Menace. I think I've seen that, not at the cinema, but but uh, but as far as the cinema, Apple and cinemas go. Uh, I don't know. I think you pay your $15 to go and see the big screen. I, yeah. Look, can you not wait two months for the movie to come out anyway? Like, do we? Does everyone have to have things instantaneously these yeah. days? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. I want it now. I've got my 50-inch TV. Why should I go to a cinema and listen to people coughing and talking over it and got their mobile phones out and blinding you in the dark and putting up with little kids screaming and stuff like that. When because you that's... Home that's... in your comfort, you don't have to go out in the in the elements. You can have your own 50-cent popcorn that is like the size of a truck and fill up whole your house with popcorn <laughs> and just sit there a nice, comfortable watching your telly. But, you know, like, what you go out to the movies or somewhere and not, <clears throat> you might meet someone you know. Have a, have a coffee with them or, you know, socialise. Hey, Socialise. You, hey, terrible. You, you could put on Facebook where you're going to go, to what cinema. You might get people. I, I met Glenn there. It was cool. We had coffee. Mm. I nearly was going to go and see Power of the Daleks at the cinema. 
But, uh, That'd be all right. I didn't. Well, I thought, what clinched it for me? Because it was a cartoon. I, went, I thought, oh, what, 25 bucks? Really? ABC iView. Is it on there? It will be, yep. And um, the new Christmas one, Boxing Day. Mm. On iView, the second it finishes in the UK, or you can watch it on... What is it, ABC2? They have it in the afternoons about 7.30. Oh, yeah. Well, The Power of the Daleks, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, the old Cody comes in handy <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, but I don't know. And then, oh, look, I could go on. I, I was looking at, you know, how they released The Underwater Menace on DVD, mm-hmm. and I thought, because they've got two missing episodes and two found episodes or whatever i thought oh yeah the reconstruction it's is it a card i didn't know if it was a cartoon or not and so i i googled it and they said no it's just a reconstruction from stills and oh have you ever tried watching a reconstruction from stills yeah i have <laughs> there was a friend of mine had some of the lost episodes and they had stills <sighs> and, um i was showing to my daughter because i'm like look here's um john Pertwee and stuff and then it's like it's hard work there's a guy coming in to see them, <laughs> but I, <laughs> no, it's not the same thing. No, look, it's hard work. It's hard work. Uh, they're called telly snaps, and apparently, they're telly snaps because someone in 1960s took photos of the TV while the show was on. Who and, would do that? I know. Like, I know. Like, okay, and because these all were first run shows, they weren't run again. They were just ran and and put away. Never yeah, saw they, a... they overwrote the um, tapes with another show. Yeah, or, or burnt them or something. But, I mean, so they're first run, so it's not as if you go, oh, yeah, that's a good episode. I'm going to take some photos of it. Oh, this yeah. is a good bit. I'm going to take some <laughs> photos of it. You just don't know. So, and you've got to develop them. It's not like today. Know. How many times have you gone to YouTube to watch a clip from something you remembered on The Simpsons and there's a guy there with his iPhone and he's filming his television <laughs> and then he uploads... The, the footage of him filming his television to YouTube, and that's the only thing you can watch. You're like, oh, this is really cool. So yeah. I want to put that on Facebook. They're like, what the hell is that? There goes his dog walking past, and his mum's in the background <laughs> talking or something. You're like, learn to rip stuff off your devices. Don't sit there with a the camera and film the damn thing. Oh, no, it's wrong. But but anyway, but yeah, I tried to watch this Underwater Menace. Oh, it's hard. And I think uh, when you get the fan reconstructions, they could be a little bit better because only because, yes, they're still the same stills. And the audio was recorded from whatever source I don't know. Maybe it was from the audio board in the studio. I don't know where the audio comes from or whether someone sat at home, like me, actually, with a tape deck recording the audio. Yep. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to record the audio of the final episodes of Doctor Who, like, you know, oh. each of each story. Because so you're the one they got the audio from. Thank no, you not for saving Doctor Who. Not not in the sixties. I wasn't here. <laughs> but when I was a kid, because I didn't have enough money for a lot of audio tapes, I thought, well, the final episode was probably the most important. So yeah. uh, I'd only do the final episode. And uh, but oh, I tell you, but yeah, but anyway, um, but yeah, so but yeah, but as a as a fan, I suppose when you watch the telly snaps, you watch the fan reconstructions. I haven't watched the underwater menace yet, so I don't know. But you watch the fan ones, and if there is some skerrica footage that's out there, they do put it in in between yep. the stills. So you might get like <laughs> five seconds of actual moving picture. Yeah, <laughs> it goes back to the stills. You go, yes, how great, cool. how cool is this? Yeah, but uh, look, the, I did. I have seen Power of the Daleks Part One in the cartoon 
Yeah. I, I suppose they don't like you calling it cartoons. Probably it should be animated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, it, it it got you in. Got you in. It was it was good. It was good. I want to see part two. Better than stills, yeah. Yeah, it, it is better than stills. So the animation for those who who care, the animation is uh, the cartoon plus the original audio. So, yep. Good. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm out. Are you out, Jace? I think that'll do us. Yeah, good stuff. All right. So, yeah, so that's it. So thanks for coming in once again, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Look, I, I, we did get a, a, a pretty funny iTunes review. I might read that out next week. <laughs> it wasn't favourable, but... We- we also have a video version of this show too for you audio people. That's right. Did you know? So you can go to youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads or just link to, just click on the YouTube, uh, what do you call it? Thumbnail or whatever you want to call it on the website. And although it looks like an old episode on the thumbnail, I haven't worked out how to change that because it's a playlist. I might be able to do something. I'll, I'll have to look into it. But anyway. Let's talk to somebody who knows, um, you know, technical computers. computers. That's right. They're a mystery. I don't understand. I, the, the only thing I can do is take photos of TV shows. And film it with your battery. <laughs> That's, um, right. That's right. Oh, look at this bloke. Hang on. <laughs> look at this guy. He's pretty serious, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, but anyway, no worries. He's a bit annoyed about something or he's gone cross-eyed. I can't tell which. Mm. All right. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for coming in. No um, worries, mate. Are we going to see you next week? Yeah, why not? Good stuff. Well, hopefully the weather cools down. We might see the big, the big wheel in here too. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jase. Our big Willie. <laughs> we'll see you. See you guys next week. Okay, cheers. Bye for now. Bye.